Hi, welcome to the Caution Tapes podcast. This is the first episode. It's more of an introduction about who we are and for you, you guys to meet us and really just get to know like what we like and how we came to creating this podcast. So first off, my name's Mariah. I'm Sarah. And I'm Avery. And we all met in high school and started to become really close junior year. We always talked about crime cases and our favorite podcasts. Recently, we decided to take our interest in crime through a podcast called Caution Tapes, which is what we're doing. Um, And the name is kind of self-explanatory. It's really just caution tapes are used in a crime scene, and then tapes is a form of recording. So you kind of piece that together and you get caution tapes. Um, Like I said, this episode is really just going to be about introducing ourselves and telling you guys about us um so I'll go first um so I'm a Taurus I'm a Leo moon and a Aquarius rising you guys don't have to include that <laughs> you don't yeah, want I don't to even know why. yeah I don't know <laughs> um I my passions include creating music um obviously crime cases, cold cases. I really like unsolved cases mainly. Um, my favorite crime podcasts are, well, I really just like Kendall Ray and her podcast, Mile Higher. Um, but I also like Two Girls, One Ghost. Go ahead, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Sarah. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Sarah. Let me get my thing. And I'm a Libra. I'm not sure about my risings and stuff, but I am studying um, special education and I'm just very passionate about that. Um, My favorite crime podcast right now is Crime Junkie. I've been listening to that like a lot when I've been walking and it's just like really good podcast. I definitely recommend it. And I also love watching Kendall Ray's videos. Me and Mariah really bonded over that when we first met because we both liked that. And that's pretty much it. She got dyslexia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta bear with me, guys. <laughs> All right, Ava. Um, hi, I'm Avery, or some people call me Ava. Um, I'm a Libra. and um, Some of my passions are helping animals, horror movies, collecting records, they're not passions they're just things I like to do (laughs) um anyways um I don't really listen to podcasts so I'm going to say my favorite youtuber who is Bailey Sarian if you don't know her she's a makeup artist who talks about true crime cases every Monday so if you're into that you should definitely check her out um yeah does she do the like yeah okay I saw her on tiktok I love her she keeps it, like, interesting because, like, she does the makeup and, like, it's, like, interesting to watch as well as, like, listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, I think on this podcast, we're just going to each week, um, we're gonna, not each week, we'll figure that out. Whenever so, like, we feel like it. Whenever we really feel like <laughs> releasing a podcast. <laughs> or if one we of us. We busy girls. For real. Like, if one we, of us. We're all in community college yep the same one Period. Mm-hmm. the same one <laughs> shout out <laughs> shout out bccc <laughs> um i i'm in, i'm in for social work 
Um, I'm passionate about helping people who are in um, really hard situations. I don't know, Avery, did you say what you're in for? Um, I'm a, like what you're in for. Like, it's like <laughs> prison. Yeah, I'm in for psychology, bro. Um, um, I feel like we all have that in common. Like we all just want to like help people in a way, and like yeah, that's just like our passions, and like we just want to make the world a better place. Literally, this <laughs> terrible world. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have um a topic so basically whenever we kind of feel like filming just to see what kind of buzz this creates yeah who knows what's gonna happen (laughs) maybe it's just gonna be for us literally (laughs) something to look back on um but when or if one of us comes across a case that we really feel like passionate talking about Mm -hmm. then we'll um get together and virtually because corona um (laughs) Um, and we'll just talk about it. So the structure will be, um, someone will be saying a story of everything or the facts of what happened and, um, everyone else will kind of communicate and react and Mm -hmm. ask questions. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited as well. Gang, gang. Um, I think this will be really fun and yeah. just a way we can bond. Right. I think it'll be super fun. And who knows, maybe we'll get mad bucks from this. For real. Like, that's... <laughs> ching, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first time filming, so we don't really like know how this is gonna work out. But thank you for listening. Um, we could say our Instagrams. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's what my that's what Mackenzie and Natalie do at the end. Of really? There. Yeah. Um, mine is Mariah Kano. M O R I A H K O N N O. Um. Mine's S Macaulay four. It's S M A C A U L E Y four. Uh, mine's Ave A V E E in Wonderland. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hi guys, welcome back to the Caution Tapes podcast. I'm Mariah. I'm Sarah. And I'm Avery. And today we're going to talk about the Zodiac Killer. He, we actually don't know who he is because mm-hmm. this is an unsolved mystery murder man's. Um, Sarah did a, <laughs> Sarah did a, uh, a project on him. Yeah. In psychology. A cereal box project. What was the name? Tell us the name. It was, um, Zodiac. Like, we had to do, like, a cereal box and, like, have serial killers, like, and we, like, did a whole background of them. So I did, like, Zodiacos, and it was cute and fun. I did the Golden State Killer, and I did Golden Grooms. I thought it was so clever for that. That was very clever. I remember you saying that. I was like, ooh, she got something going. It 
who did you have that class or not that class that project yeah eva what i did you do did charles manson and manson marshmallows oh that's a good one creative over here <laughs> for real um so to start with on a lighter note as we are trying to do we are going to talk about the scandal of the week <laughs> <laughs> um this week's scandal includes miss charlie d'amelio a famous she, tiktoker mm-hmm, she so if you haven't seen charlie xcx um the singer she sings boom dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Ryan, for that. <laughs> you know that song <laughs> um no it's boom clap the sound of my heart she's mm-hmm. i believe that's her yeah i think so i apologize <laughs> um we got but... another scandal right now <laughs> for real but so she lost her producer um and everyone started the trending like hashtag hashtag here for charlie and charlie the milio sees it and goes oh my gosh i just read through all of these like thank you so much i'm so happy to have you guys here by my side love you babes and everyone's like girl you. No one's talking about you like what i'm confused about is like is she actually read through it like when she realized it's not for her like she didn't lose anybody like recently like like she couldn't have yeah like thought it was about her did she like delete that tweet (laughs) because i would have been i don't know (laughs) i gotta log off i would oh my god but like like i was saying earlier like noah beck did the same thing and i feel like i feel like she low-key made fun of it and like wouldn't you learn from each other mm-hmm. or no is that not a thing i guess they just don't learn <laughs> they never learn <laughs> we go into the bahamas and whatever Wait, during the pandemic real. yeah where's her oh um okay miss charlie taking our little thing she said ask questions for the podcast one day ago uh, oh okay yeah my how podcast? dare she let's answer some questions <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um no i don't no one's asking us questions anyway <laughs> for real <laughs> um, i don't i think she deleted it but oh. as twitter does twitter screenshots so mm-hmm. um yeah that's the scandal of the week um craziness but we're gonna move on to our favorites this week and miss ava thought of favorite shows so take it away okay um my favorite show right now is probably death note don't make fun of me (laughs) it's an anime it's really good though and i told i think mariah i told you to watch it yeah i've been meaning to start it to be honest wait you started it no, I've been meaning to. Um, yeah, you should. Um, but yeah. I definitely will. Because you described it and it sounds like something I would genuinely like want to watch. Yeah, it's really good. Um, my favorite show this week is... Bridgerton? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say I knew it too. <laughs> it is so good, though. Wait, no. So... 
it's so good and they're these two girls want to start a musical and i'm just like dying at every single like song they release i send it to everyone yeah they're so good i'm like listen to this (laughs) um but i'm sure everyone not everyone but i'm sure if you have seen ads for bridgerton you probably have watched it so i can't even suggest it but if you haven't go watch it no Sarah? Um, of- <laughs> immediately no <laughs> my favorite show this week is probably um <laughs> summer house it's like mm. it's like trashy like reality tv show my mom and i have been watching and it's just like so entertaining like none of the people on there are likable but just so funny it's like, us. <laughs> like i don't know it's just like <laughs> their lives are crazy and like it's just like this um these friends and they get like a summer house every year and it's just fun to watch but that sounds fun i I don't really recommend it it's not that good it's just fun to watch (laughs) it's just entertaining yeah and that's all that matters we've been binging it the last two snow days oh my gosh so we're gonna do a little bit differently this week Mm -hmm. we've Um, got some feedback yeah we got some feedback thank you to everyone who listen first off thank you mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this thank you if you're still with us <laughs> after all that <laughs> thank you um but so we're gonna i separated everything into three groups and we're all going to tell the story mm-hmm. so why don't we get into it <laughs> get into so, it who is the zodiac killer the Zodiac Killer is an undefined killer who is believed to have murdered at least five people in Northern California between 1968 and 1969. He is most popular for sending notes in cryptic writing and leaving clues. Okay. Sherry Jo Bates was the possible first victim of the Zodiac Killer. She was visiting her college library when the police found her in her Volkswagen disabled, most likely from the killer. She was found in an alley 100 yards from her car. A watch was ripped off the attacker and they found shoe prints that could have been brought by a nearby store. There were no leads for her case until 1969 after the other murders. They noticed the similarities in the case between Bates and the Napa County killings. The two investigators met and decided the Zodiac was her killer. The final confirmation, the Zodiac Killer himself sending a note to authorities confirming he was the one to kill her. Yeah, so this one, um, I think, was definitely possibly his first Mm -hmm. um, murder. I think, I don't, like, there were no motive. I genuinely think his only motive was to find someone who was there at the wrong Mm -hmm. time in the wrong place yeah and obviously they weren't sure who killed her and then um he sent his notes out and basically was like haha got (laughs) him and like what is like crazy about it he like probably did murder more people before this and like they just don't know Oh, 100%. And, like, which is also weird. Like, maybe he didn't even murder this girl and he's just, like, taking the credit for him because, like, I don't know. He just seemed like a weird guy and, like, probably would do something like that. 
That's literally the, my exact thought. Like, I thought that too. Um, yeah. That the other color is probably like, uh, okay. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you take the heat for it. That's <laughs> but, I mean, he never was caught. So, mm-hmm. like, it's just... It's just so crazy. Alright, so then his next murders, he kind of moved into, like, killing couples, which is odd, I feel like. Yeah. So his first, well, like, known um, murders for couples was David Faraday and Betty Johnson. According to police report, the victims were apparently approached while occupying Faraday's station wagon. Shots were fired into the vehicle in a appeared effort to force them out. Jensen exited the front passenger door and followed by Faraday. Faraday was shot as he emerged from the car. Jensen was then shot as she fell, fleed on her foot. It was the first day of Jensen had ever been allowed on, and the crime shocked the community. The shooting could not have been explained by Faraday's family. Jensen's family was equally dumbfounded. Oh my god, it was her first date? Bro. That's so sad. Imagine your parents being like, finally you can go on a date. And that happening. Like, what are the odds? Crazy. This poor girl. Literally. So the next two couples he murdered were Darlene Farron and Mike Majou. Farron was married and worked as a waitress at Terry's restaurant. Majou was a single was single and worked as a laborer. Farron's husband, Dean, was initially a suspect. Her first husband, Dean, was initially a suspect in the murder, however, was ruled out when it was established she was working as a cook at Caesar's restaurant at the time of the murder. Farron's first husband, James Phillips Cuptree, was also briefly a suspect. According to surviving a victim of Majou, he and Farron had parked at the isolated location to talk. A car, possibly a light brown Ford Mustang or a Chevy, pulled into the lot just a few feet away. A man with a flashlight exited the vehicle, approached them. There were no other cars in the parking lot. Thinking it was a police officer, the couple had their identification ready without warning. The man began firing at the couple. After five shots were fired, the man walked slowly back to his car. Majou screamed in pain, at which point the man returned and fired two more shots in the, into each victim. It was at this point that Majou got a, lock, a look at him. The man was white, 5'8 to 5'9, in his late 20s to early 30s, stockly built, round face, and brown hair. No conversations between the victims and the man occurred. Approximately 50, 45 minutes later, the Vallejo Police Department received a call from a man claiming responsibility for the attack. He correctly identified the weapon used as a 9mm and also took credit for the Faraday-Jensen murders of December 20, 1968. For the next few weeks, investigations went nowhere. Then on July 30th, 1969, letters were sent to Vallejo Times, Herlin, San Francisco Examiner, and San Francisco Chronicle. The letters claimed to be from the killer of the Faraday, Jensen, and Farron. Details were included that only the killer could have ha- could have known, and each letter contained one third of the 
cipher that is solved supposedly contained the killer's identity. While the killer hadn't yet given himself the Zodiac, this marked the beginning of the letter-writing spree that would go on for more than five years. So, I watched the movie, um, The Zodiac. I forget when it came out, but Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. I don't like him. <laughs> um, he broke Taylor Swift's heart, but that's beside the point. He was in it. Um, but I, like, when you were reading that, like, I was just picturing because, like, everything that happened, because I think that was one of the first scenes in the movie where this girl goes on a date with this boy mm-hmm. and then I remember um, him surviving despite the amount of like gun wounds yeah. he had and like the amount of times he was shot and like to th- watch it in a movie and then to think oh my god that's real life yeah like yeah. that actually it's like, happened it's like, it's like insane and like it's crazy how long and like still he's like gotten away with all this like it's like crazy with like um unsolved mystery just like how do they like not know like i don't know know. it's just like it definitely has to do with the time period like nothing mm -hmm. like that would happen today yeah without someone knowing who did it Mm -hmm. but like he thought it was a game like he literally treated it as like okay i'm gonna go out and kill more people and then he would like send these letters like "Mm -hmm. you don't know who it is and like would code them too yeah like oh no you have to figure it out i think definitely like now they would have like fingerprinted the notes and like all that kind of stuff which is like they didn't have that technology back then so it's like hard and i'm sure like the police were like okay i don't even know if this is a real letter because mm-hmm. there are probably so many people who would um send in fake letters at least yeah, i feel like that's like... what our generation would do <laughs> oh yeah definitely which is Loki. terrible but like you know so many people will do that yeah and especially with like even now like false tips and like mm-hmm. just Those people like trying to like somehow you know how they have like money out for like any information like just mm-hmm. anybody's like oh my god if i say this maybe i'll get this money so like it's right hard to, like see what's real and what's not exactly so the next couple he attacked was cecilia shepherd and brian hartnell according to the police report the couple was relaxing on a blanket at a very remote location by the lake Shepard noticed a man approaching them wearing an unusual costume and holding a gun. He appeared to be more than six foot tall with a heavy build. The man claimed he was a prisoner escapee from either Montana or Colorado and needed money and a car to flee to Mexico. Hartnell offered his wallet and car keys, which weren't taken. After several minutes of conversation, the man tied the couple with a plastic clothesline and began stabbing them. Hartnell was attacked first and then Shepard. After the assault, the man walked casually away from the scene. After several minutes, a nearby fisherman heard the couple screaming and alerted park rangers. 
By the time help arrived, Shepard and Hartnell had managed to untie their restraints. It took nearly an hour for an ambulance to arrive, at which time both victims were in critical condition. Just over an hour after the attack, the Napa Police Department received a call from a man claiming responsibility for the stabbing. The call was quickly traced to a phone booth down in downtown Napa, and fingerprints were later recovered. Meanwhile, Napa County Sheriff's Department duties were responding to the crime scene. They found that the attacker had written a message on the victim's car door. The message included the dates of the Faraday and Jensen and Farron and Maju attacks and was signed with a cross circle symbol. Tire tracks indicated that the killer had parked behind the victim's car, size 10.5 wing walker shoes were recovered from the scene, indicating a suspect weighing more than 210 pounds. Detectives later located three young women who had noticed a strange man in the general area just a couple of hours before the attack. Shepard died within 48 hours of the stabbing. Her funeral services attracted a huge crowd of mourners. Hart now recovered from his wounds and is now an attorney in Southern California. While Brian gave many interviews in the first few years of the attack, he is no longer discussing the case with the news media. Many suspects were scrutinized, including serial killer Ted Bundy. A February 1989 comparison of the fingerprints helped clear Bundy of this crime. So, <laughs> a lot to uh, uncover in yeah. that case. Um, I remember in the movie... Um, I feel like, and I I got a lot of this information from the actual Zodiac Killer site, which is a thing. Um, That's so cool. Like, not cool, but, like, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look up, what's it called? I have it right on my computer. It's, like, literally... Not sponsored. (laughs) Zodiackiller.com. Not sponsored. (laughs) Could be... (laughs) Um, but I remember, I feel like in the movie, he had them tie each other up. I feel like I remember reading that as well, like, when I was doing my, like, research for my project. To keep, like, fingerprints away, basically. That sounds very familiar. I don't know if it's with this case, but I think it has to be, because I remember it was, like, um the same thing it was like they were down by this river Mm -hmm. and then so i don't maybe the movie was wrong yeah sometimes like with that like the movies just like kind of add in some spice i think jake gyllenhaal probably (laughs) told them to do that (laughs) oh my god he'd be doing that but the final murder of the zodiac killing killer his killings, I guess, was Ray Davis. After becoming estranged from his wife, Davis lived with his brother in a rented house at 525 Street, Tremont Street, in Oceanside. I don't know why I felt the need to include exactly where he lived, but I did. Because you want to visit? <laughs> Maybe. Um, at 11.10 p.m., Davis, a driver from for the Checker Cab Company, picked up a fare at a downtown cab possibly on Mission Avenue, and notified his dispatcher that he was delivering the fare to a location in South Oceanside. 
Davis was never heard from again. Early the next morning, the body of Davis was found in the exclusive, exclusive upscale neighborhood called St. Mallow, Oceanside's first gated community. David had been shot twice from the back seat of his cab, one shot to his back, and the other to his head. After dumping the body of Davis in the alley, his killer escaped in the cab before quickly abandoning it at 400 South Pacific Street. The exact dump site of the body was an alley directly behind 1926 South Pacific Street. The investigation revealed that Davis wasn't robbed and the police officer could never establish a motive for the killing. So, um, Imagine being that, um taxi driver like bro i can't even imagine like i wonder if he like noticed anything and he's just like i'm just trying to do my job i don't know if i included this but i remember he reading that he literally said to one of his friends i'm gonna go kill a cabber or something like that like a taxi driver like there's mm-hmm. some or this person that we will later when Miss Avery speaks about it, find <laughs> out who it most likely was. Like, he's, there's just so much evidence behind him. But for the suspects, there are many, there are few, there are a couple suspects who were later proved wrong. The first one being Richard Gajkowski was one who was overseas when the first attack took place. Plus, they found out the information people were giving the police was false about him, so they ruled him out right away. But for a while, they didn't because in one of the letters, the cap- the letters G Y K E S were capitalized, and that's because in one of the zodiac letters, and that's like a nickname he went by with his like last name. It was like Gikes. Gajkowski, so a lot of people thought it was him for a while. Um, the next suspect was Richard Marshall. He was suspected because he made suspicious comments over his radio. He complied with police and denied being the Zodiac Killer, and there was other evidence that just showed that it really wasn't him. Um, Lawrence Kane was also suspected because he had a history of criminal background and was believed to follow Darlene Farron around before her murder. He also, yeah, like, so he also, like, kidnapped someone before and definitely had the motive and, like, the ability to be the Zodiac Killer, but he was arrested in December before the main four Mm. Zodiac murders took place. But, as we were talking about before, like, he could have killed that person. Yeah. And, like, the Zodiac Killer's like, mm, I'm just gonna take was- the blame. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Which could actually be smart if their motive is to not be caught by police because the person sending the letters, technically, like, if they claim they killed someone but none of their DNA was at that crime scene... Mm-hmm. like but then there's like that whole thing that's hard to do with like false information and yeah. how do you take something seriously exactly but maybe that was his motive and i remember there was this um when i was doing like research for my project i like looked up like suspects of the zodiac killer and for some reason ted cruz 
was there. He's like the governor of like oh, something. And like just for a while these people had this like meme going around that he was one of the like he was a zodiac killer but it was like obviously not true cuz he wasn't like I think he was like just born in that time. Like, I did so see was, that. No way, yeah. but I like thought it was funny and I like involved it in my um project. <laughs> people were just like Mm-hmm. Ted Cruz because I and think Ted he does Cruz look is... like the drawing yeah that's what people were saying like he looked like the drawing and he was just like um no <laughs> he's like um I was actually born then <laughs> but on to who it probably was so Arthur Lee Allen was most likely the Zodiac Killer, um, and Arthur Lee Allen's connections to the Zodiac Killer began on October 30th, 1966, when Sherry Jo Bates was stabbed to death at Riverside City College in Riverside, oh, California. California. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm going <laughs> to butcher some names probably, so don't make fun of me. Um, in late November 1966, two anonymous typewritten Bates murder confession letters were mailed to the local police and newspaper. The typewriter was identified as being a royal model with either elite or pick a type. Um, Allen allegedly was in Riverside the weekend Bates was murdered. Um, the information placing Allen in Riverside was developed in 1971 by the Vallejo Police Department and the California Department of Justice. Allen later hinted it was it was true first claiming to have been in the area at the time then telling people he was in nearby pomona when he first heard of the bates murder he was an elementary school teacher at the time and only used one sick day november 1st 1966 which is a day after bates was killed he possibly had facial wounds from bates and tried to hide them Um, they also found a similar typewriter in his house when they used a search warrant in 1991 um, in late April 1967, three anonymous letters referring to Bates were mailed. In 1970, Sherwood Murrell, head of the head of the question document section of California's Criminal Identification and Investigation Bureau, determined them to be the work of the Zodiac. Each contained double the necessary postage, a Zodiac trademark. Two of the three letters were signed with an unusual symbol. Some believe the symbol resembles a sloppy Z. Others say it looks like a 32. At the time Spates was killed, Allen was 32 years old and his permanent residence was 32 Fresno Street in Vallejo, California. Um, yeah. So it's like yeah. most likely him. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, like it's kind of like weird that like this guy was like an elementary school teacher. Yeah. And like he would like just imagine like these kids like finding out like oh mr whatever alan wasn't here this day because he was too busy murdering someone like yeah it's like weird because the case we did last time like that guy was also like always around kids because he was a bus driver and it's just like bro like it's really just like the people that you like never like suspect like yeah just your everyday like people just like with Tim Bunny like nobody thought it would be him but it was him like yeah it's crazy Um, so Alan is alleged to have made these claims to his friend Don Chenny Um, Alan used the premise of writing a novel to communicate this fantasy 
Chenny estimates the conversation took place on January 1st, 1969. Um, he would like to, t- to kill couples at random. Um, he would taunt the police with letters detailing his crimes. He would sign the letters with the cross circle symbol from his watch. Um, he would call himself Zodiac. He would wear makeup to change his appearance. Um, he would attach a flashlight to the barrel of his gun in order to shoot at night. He would fool women and women into stopping their cars in rural areas by claiming they had problems with their tires, then loosen their lug nuts and eventually take them captive. With all the ev- this evidence and the lack of technology, they never made an arrest. There was there was so much evidence against him too: the picture, his shoe size, the book, basically describing everything he had done. He even was arrested for child molestation for three years, and it was not until after those three years did the letters start popping up again. Before they could use all of the evidence against him, he passed, but one of his surviving victims picked him out of a photo lineup and said, that's him, that's the man who shot me. So, this man's literally had a conversation with Mr. Don Chenny, saying, I'm going to write a book about killing couples at random taunting the police like literally everything he did mm-hmm. and they weren't like the police were like but I don't think it's him like I don't understand that I know it was like a different like time well not right. like that much of a different time but like they didn't have that much like like I don't know like I feel like they had enough evidence like yeah but I don't know it's crazy that just that alone they were like especially one of the victims saying like picking him out of a photo line like I feel like that's pretty good evidence like that you got the guy it was so they said that the guy said that in July and then the next August Mr. Zodiac Killer himself died Mm -hmm. like how convenient Not to be disrespectful, but like, yeah, what are the odds? I know. Um, okay, so the letters. The Zodiac Killer wrote over 20 letters. The first one was, Bates had to die, there will be more. Um, most of his letters were to authorities taking responsibilities for his victims. This is most likely because he thrived off the idea of never being able to be caught. He would always begin with, this is the killer of, or this is the Zodiac. Most of, letter- most of the letters were able to be deciphered easily, but one was not until recently. Recently, in 2020, the letters have been fully deciphered. The, um, the one encrypting letter with 340 characters has finally been cracked by David Orncheck. <laughs> <laughs> or- oh, that makes sense. Orncheck. Yeah. A software developer in Virginia who said he had decrypted the cipher with the help of Sam Blake, an applied mathematician in Melbourne, Australia, and Gerald Van Eyck, a warehouse operator and computer programmer in Belgium. They cracked the final letter, which no one could figure out what it had said. Um, I hope you are having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show. Which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise. All the sooner because I know I have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life is life will be an easy one in paradise death. 
I don't know. Wait, what? Yeah, so they, like, recently figured that out. These two, like, I know they're not just, like, normal people. Like, they're very equipped in technology and, like, have a lot of knowledge. But, like, it's not like they were doing anything in investigation or, like, Mm -hmm. crime. And they just figured this out after 51 years of no one. I feel like that's been happening a lot, like, with the Golden State Killer. Like, after, like so many years like you can finally like figure out all this stuff it's just like yeah and that's because he was still alive like Mm -hmm. i'm sure today because they have this new like software thing where they can take dna from then and find dna if that person is alive like they did in the golden state killer Mm -hmm. um and like match it and i think the way that they did it with the Golden State Killer was because like it's a violation if you just go up to them and like meet like swab their cheek like mm-hmm. you need a little evidence that it's actually yeah. this person. I'm pretty sure they found like a tissue outside his. Yeah, they went through his trash. Yeah, and like got DNA. And That's crazy. yeah, I think they like through the technology like narrowed it down to him and his brother. And then they went after they. I think they went after him first or his brother and figured it was him. Mm-hmm. But for this man to not even be caught, it's just like and like him like doing all these letters. He's like obviously had like a lot of time on his hand to like figure out these codes and like send these letters and I don't know. It's just yeah. And I'm, he definitely like planned out his murders too like yeah like he, he had knew. to and what I was like thinking while we were like filming this that like what if this guy he was just like so annoyed with couples and like he was like <laughs> butthurt he wasn't in a relationship and he just like wanted to start like killing them like, He's like I feel no. like that would be such a good like not such a good move but like I feel like that would be something like someone that is capable of murder would do yeah definitely a very angry person Mm -hmm. um i don't know i think it's crazy that he was never caught yeah like especially after all that evidence especially killing so many people too like it's not just like one murder and like it just like never gets out like that happens a lot i feel like but like he's some of them surviving yeah, and like someone literally picking yeah, him out of a lineup and be like, "Yeah, that's him." Like, I don't get that part at all. I don't get that. I think like definitely back then, the police system was not um, what it is today, and still I feel it should be more, especially mm-hmm. in cases like this. Um, but it's just crazy. I know one of the people who were who was a suspect i believe richard gaikowski he was very like anti-police pro pro weed he was always on like drugs like um he there was like a violence march pro-violence which i don't agree with pro-violence at all Mm -mm. but 
he i'm gonna look up his suspects i got all this information from the zodiackiller.com um which is very it's honestly a very organized website and (laughs) like they did a good job at it um but i just want to confirm that this is who i'm talking about um I just thought that was so funny that he's just like vibing and people were saying it was him and he was like no I was overseas (laughs) like like just imagine someone like trying to pin like all these murders against you and you're just like no it's not me like I wouldn't know how to handle that like oh my god no it's not me someone must really dislike him Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was him but it was one of them and I just thought that was so funny maybe it was him I don't know. I just thought it was so funny that one of them were just like vibing and then they just had to be interviewed for a murder and they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> but I wish they could still somehow confirm who it was because I do yeah. think, especially for the victims' families, mm-hmm. for them to have this thrown in their face, like, whoever their relation to the victim um whatever their relationship to them is like for them to see this person take their death as like a game Mm -hmm. and something like that like I just think that's that's the most fucked up part about it yeah like it was almost just like so much fun for him to do and like plan out these murders and then plan out the letters and like it yeah, must be hard to like watch all that. Very sick in the head, mm-hmm. man. I, I think it was Arthur. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like definitely in the future, like hopefully they'll find out who it is. Just like with more technology that comes out, I feel like they could find out who the guy is. Yeah, or he, girl, we don't know. True, <laughs> very true. The, a girl mostly a man. A girl could be vibing today and being like, mm. They don't even know it's a woman. For real. No, I think it's definitely a man, though, because, like, the way people, like, described him. and like, Yeah. And the people who did survive, like, M- Majo, um, for him to pick him out and be like, yeah, that's the man who shot me. Mm-hmm. Like, you have me, a victim, telling you. Yeah. I would be so annoyed if I was him. Like, I literally told you who it was, and, like, why is he not arrested? Yeah. I think in this, um, we said that he was just, like, I think he was just done talking about it. Because that must have been so traumatizing. Yeah. To survive that, like, he was probably so scared for the rest of his life, Mm -hmm. honestly. Not knowing if this person was after him specifically. I think or he just, did like, just random. Yeah, I think he did just pick random people, but Me like too. I think I think he and someone else might have survived. Brian, I think, survived. And he um went on to become an attorney, or it mm-hmm. was just him, one of them. But hopefully we live to see the day that mm-hmm. they somehow figure out that it was Arthur Lee Allen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
feel like that'd be really cool like not cool but like I don't know it'd be cool to see like yeah after like 50 years this guy has been caught yeah not like caught but like known because he's probably dead by now or yeah I don't know definitely we don't know um does anyone have any final last thoughts no <laughs> questions comments concerns <laughs> <laughs> it's just like annoying with um unsolved cases because just like it makes me always just like wonder like yeah it always just like, keeps me thinking but i don't know i think fun they're fun to like talk about unsolved cases yeah interesting because there's so much because it's like an uh what's it called non-ending like continuous conversation i have because mm-hmm. there's so much to talk about still to this day like it could have been this person and like mm-hmm. we were just saying and i'm sure we're not the first to think of the fact that um he probably could have taken blame for other people's murders and they just got off like okay yeah like imagine being those people are like okay like <laughs> go off but um i think that's the end of tape two mm-hmm. thank you for listening and sticking with us to this point um our social media is caution tapes podcast Mine is Mariah Kano. <laughs> if you want to give me a follow, <laughs> I'm, I'm still private, but mine's S. Macaulay mine's Four. Ava Wonderland. And we will see you or talk to you, or you'll listen to us in the next podcast. <laughs> you'll just Bye. hear from us. <laughs>